0: Good day, hey everyone, and welcome to the US Lens. I'm Ron Insana. As you know, there's been a big battle between small and mid-cap stocks that have been raging over the last several years on Wall Street with uh, positions being traded as far as who's in first and who's in second over many different cycles. Joining us today to talk about whether or not small caps can regain the pole position, as it were, is Bob Kaner. He is head of US small and mid-cap equities for Schroeder's North America. Bob, good to have you back. Thanks for being with us today.
1: Uh, thanks for having me, Ron.
0: All right, so this battle rages on. Uh, there are areas of small cap in, in the value sector that seem to be doing well. We've had a resurgence in large cap tech of late. Some are suggesting there's a new bull market there. Uh, that's doubtful. A 20% rally off a low in a bear market doesn't necessarily mean that, but people are saying it. So, overall, where are we in this ongoing battle between big and small?
1: Yeah, I think there's a, there's a couple of uh, key components, right? There, there's, there's the relative valuation argument, and there's the relative growth argument. From a relative valuation, small cap is trading at the biggest discount relative to large cap in the last 22 years, which is just amazing given it's been going on that long, um, especially when you look at earnings, right? For earnings growth has been outperforming in the small cap space um, relative to the large cap space for a number of years, probably seven of the last 10 years, and yet large cap has has outperformed um, I think that the small cap earnings growth is poised to yet again outperform. Um, I think it was really interesting actually coming out of this most recent earnings cycle. You had positive earnings revisions um, in the small cap space and you had negative earnings revisions kind of in, in the large cap space. So I think that, um, you know, there's a lot happening. I think one of the realities is the U.S. dollar, which has just had a relentless move this year, and it's presented an you know, a meaningful currency headwind for the large cap stocks. But I think, you know, the most interesting point, Ron, is really what are those markets made up of? It comes down to kind of what you own. And the S&P, the large cap market, is just dominated by tech, telecom, media, and internet. It's over 50% of the benchmark. Um, The small cap space, you get a lot less of that exposure. It's probably 20, 25% of the Russell 2000. Um, and so you have to think about that when you're, you're making that decision to allocate between large and small. You got to understand kind of how the how the markets are built, so to speak. Yeah, let me ask you about that, because
0: you know, flows have favored large caps uh, of late. I mean, we've seen headlines that the Saudi Arabia's Sovereign Wealth Fund came in and bought all the big name tech stocks in, in the last couple of weeks. And we've seen arguments that, you know, irrespective of the dollars move, uh, that People just wanted to take advantage of the discounts in large cap technology because they've been beaten down so much and they're reliable during a recession, something that can be more concerning among small cap stocks domestically because they could uh, you know, lose some business if the US economy were to head south. So how do you square that circle?
1: Yeah, so interesting. I mean, I've been kind of playing off the late 90s, early 2000 kind of analogy for, for a while. And and frankly, when I see people when I see uh, people coming back in to buy kind of large cap tech now after a pullback that we've seen, it feels a lot like the spring of 2000. You'll remember the NASDAQ corrected, I think it was 30%, right? In April, from, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it, from, from early March 2000 through the end of April. And I think people thought every, that was the opportunity to pile back into the trade that worked last cycle. Um, that didn't work out so well. Um, so I, it feels it feels very similar. You look back, though. I mean, the the, the similarities are just striking. You know, tech was thirty percent of the S and P in nineteen ninety nine. I think it fell to fifteen percent over the next four years. Tech is, I think, twenty nine and a half percent of the S and P five hundred today. So it just feels like um, it feels very similar. And and I think that what people miss, frankly is that from that period, from end of 99 through end of 06, small cap stocks massively outperformed. They outperformed every year except 2005 where I think it was a push. And by the end of it, from the end of 99 to the end of 06, the Russell was up 70% and the S&P was up 8%. Those were up markets, those were down markets, those were Fed hiking cycles, those were Fed cutting cycles captured in that period. So um, I think that when I look at kind of how things are shaping up, small caps had a terrible January this year relative to large cap. I think they underperformed by f- over 500 basis points. And from that period, you know, they've really been outperforming consistently. And I just think the market's a little late to recognize uh, the paradigm shift that's occurring.
0: Let, let me, after having been at a disappointing New York Yankees game last night, let me throw you a 97 mile an hour slider on, on your comparison to, to 1999, which is in 99, when tech made up 30% of the S&P 500, it was unprofitable tech, it was unproven tech, it was some tech that didn't have revenues, profits, and only had capital raising funds in the bank account. Now we're talking about Microsoft, Amazon, Apple, companies that have you know billions, if not hundreds of billions of dollars in cash have market share gains, have positions in the cloud or in communications that are not only solid, but, you know, multinational positions. Is
1: it a stretch to make that analogy? No, it's definitely different. I mean, if you look at the large cap S&P companies from 1999, certainly the NASDAQ was littered with a bunch of terrible business models that raised money on eyeballs, um, unsustainable. It's definitely different this time. The business models are certainly better. Um, so, is the analogy a stretch? Maybe, but the similarities are pretty striking. You just look at the outperformance that you've seen, um, the mix, the construct of the market. Very similar. I mean, if you if you look back at what the S and P looked like. In 99, it was very similar to today. 50%, over 50% was that tech, telecom, media, internet. And interestingly, that didn't exist in the the most recent cycle, even five years ago, right? In Mm. 2017, the mix of the S&P was very different. It was much more balanced between secular growth, cyclical, and defensive. It's really the last four plus years where you've seen this explosive move um, We can argue whether or not they're better business models today, but I think what we're all learning today is that they were COVID beneficiaries. You look at where <laughs> yeah. the layoffs are coming. They're coming at Amazon, they're coming at Tesla. Um, they're not coming at, you know, pick your kind of classic cyclical um, bellwether, whether it's 3M or Dover, whoever you like. Um, so I think uh, I think that, you know, I think that they were, not recognized to be the COVID beneficiaries that they were, and, to, and that's ha- kind of happening at, in the moment.
0: Now, how do small caps deal in a rising rate environment? I mean, we, we've we've seen, obviously, that the Fed's not just raised rates, but done, done so rather aggressively relative to uh, prior experiences. And we've also seen Federal Reserve officials suggest that they are going to keep doing this, possibly even in large sizes with each raise, until inflation falls from the current eight and a half. All the way back to two percent, saying they're going to raise rates into twenty twenty three. Now we'll see if that happens, but that's what they're saying. Is is that a
1: headwind for small? Uh, it can, you know, a strong. I'll say it, a kind of um, and a, a very strong inflationary environment or a, a stagflation env- environment is going to be bad for small caps. I think that's bad for a lot of risk assets. But again, you go back. 405 we had a rate hike cycle small caps outperformed if it's in response to continued kind of strong growth um, like we saw in the employment report last week or the week before like I think that's a very good backdrop for small caps um, so you know and then you get into kind of the duration argument right large caps been much more expensive it's longer duration higher rates should mean um, more of a discount for, for that part of the market. Um, so it's a balance. I don't think it's clear. You you can clearly say that small caps always underperform in rising rate environments, or vice versa. Um, right. So it's a tricky one. On Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, you're listening to the Investor Download.
0: Yeah. So how do you play it I, with respect to this? I mean, because you know, obviously, you you mentioned that. You know, it's the greatest underperformance we've had in 22 years. I think we said something similar in 2019, if I'm not mistaken. And then we We had a period of outperformance uh, of of small caps versus large that lasted really just I think it was November of of, of, uh, 2020 into early 21. And then that evaporated. So how, how do you do you swing trade this or do you invest in this?
1: So I think this is an investable cycle, and I'll tell you why. I think that we are in a real domestic capex cycle. I think it's driven by reshoring, localizing supply chains. I think you still have the benefit of some of the fiscal spending that was approved um, that has really yet to flow through, whether it's highway infrastructure and now chips. Um, so I do think that there's a tail to to a domestic capex cycle and then you have some interesting parts of the market that I think are just underappreciated. I do think that the industrial part of the market is going to benefit from from some of that spending. Um, I think that healthcare actually has a real opportunity. It's been I think it's the only area that I've been able to identify where real spending is below pre-pandemic levels. Hmm. Um, so I do think that there is an opportunity in healthcare as you look forward. You know, technology to us is just it's really not that interesting at this point. We do think it was a COVID beneficiary. The valuations and software, while corrected, are kind of nowhere near where we would be interested. Um, So I think, again, it's always about being selective, targeting kind of the parts of the market where you think there's underappreciated growth at at reasonable valuations. Um, But I do think that this is, there's some legs here. Again, I do think it's kind of very similar to that early 2000s type, type of cycle that we saw. So let me ask you about the, the thing that's dominating the headlines, uh,
0: which is the, the the meme stock re-explosion, if you will. Um, you talk about small caps. I mean, Bed Bath & Beyond, just as we're speaking, is up 40% in the morning. Um, like I know there's kind of a, a, a crazy you know retail trading environment that may well be fueled by hedge funds who are hiding out on the Wall Street Bets Reddit site. But... Um, there's so much headline-grabbing activity among what we would consider these small caps, but which have uh, well-known names. Is is it crowding out interest in, in more, and I, I use the word legitimate advisedly, but is it crowding out interest in the spaces that you look at?
1: I wouldn't say it's crowding out interest. Um, I think it's unhealthy. I think that level of speculation is probably going to embolden the Fed to continue you know, tightening. Um, So I don't think that, you know, classic kind of uh, institutional small cap managers are really trying to catch that trade and whether it's an AMC, you know, a Bed Bath & Beyond or what have you. I mean, I think that's highly speculative. I think it's frankly very unhealthy for the markets and it's, you know, I'd say the one nice thing, well, one of the many nice things about investing in the small cap space is you don't have a market that's an index that's dominated by a few names. So while Bed Bath and Beyond can have a 500% move in 15 trading days, it doesn't really impact you by not owning it. When you look at the large cap space and kind of how heavily weighted some of the individual names are, by not owning them, you're effectively short them. Um, Bed Bath and Beyond is a, it's a it's a minuscule weight in in the index, so it doesn't really impact that relative performance. So. I don't think it's something that it's a risk that institutional managers really think about managing against.
0: And right, so what about one of the other areas that the people have talked about of late, the, the small cap value versus small cap or mid cap growth? Um, is that something where you have to draw lines and, and, and make decisions about relative value trades in that space?
1: Yeah, so, so that's an interesting point. So the, the, I would say the value growth conversation has dominated kind of the equity allocation decision over the last couple of years. Clearly 2020, massive outperformance of growth versus value. 2021, massive outperformance of value versus growth. And you see that at periods of regime change. You saw it kind of in the early 2000s period where value really outperformed for a couple of years. But I would argue that that the majority of the time the growth value kind of discussion does not drive the outcome. If you look at the periods from really kind of 03 through 2019, that value growth differential was very small. Um, so I don't think it's, I know it's been kind of the dominant discussion in, in the equity markets, but I think as you look forward, if we get to a quote, more normalized environment, it's not going to be about growth or value. The only, kind of outlier. And what I described was 2016, after the Trump election, you had a period of massive value outperformance for a couple of months. Um, That really gave it all back in the early part of 17. But you look at most of the 2010s, it wasn't about value or growth. So I don't think that has to be kind of the driving force between your equity allocation the way it has been the past couple of years. Um, I think it's going to be um, a much more kind of normalized type environment where active managers can, can you know, uh, outperform based on fundamentals as opposed to style factors. All right. So, uh, just a, a question on the macro environment.
0: We, we we touched on it a little bit with respect to uh, inflation, with respect to unit labor costs, which are up. With with respect to productivity, uh, declining and. There's a whole other area about that that I want to write about in the future, which is it's hard to be productive if you don't have parts. Um, But that notwithstanding, um, all those kind of macro elements that go into the costs of running a small business, are are those important to the outlook or are they, to borrow an overused expression,
1: transitory? Um, They are important. I don't think they're transitory. I think that understanding how different business models can pass through pricing is critical. Um, I think pricing power is really going to drive your ability to, to generate kind of strong earnings growth throughout this cycle. Um, so I think, it's, I think it's important. Historically, people have argued, investors have argued that, that large cap kind of have more levers to pull in order to protect their margins. Uh, I think a lot of those levers, frankly, were, were moving labor and resources outside the US. Um, and I think given what we've seen kind of through the pandemic with supply chain disruptions, you know, the, the relentless move in the dollar, I think, you know, those levers are probably less at the disposal of large cap companies. And I think that, you know, that the relative um, kind of flexibility that they've had is is going to matter less going forward. But I do think, I don't believe that the The inflationary pressures and the supply chain challenges are are transitory. I think it's something that companies need to think about how they're going to manage through um, in the intermediate term. So final question. We've mentioned now two periods in which small caps relative
0: to large caps were wildly underperforming in the last three years. What's the one thing that would get in the way of your thesis of, of a relative value shift into small caps from large caps? I think it
1: would be a um, a dramatic pivot from the Fed where you saw um, significant slowing in growth um, and lots of monetary stimulus kind of being thrown at the problem. I don't think that happens given where inflation is and kind of how tight the labor markets are. But when I think of the of, of a of it, a headwind for the small cap space relative to large, It's slow growth, lots of monetary stimulus, um, and a bit of a growth in any price mentality from investors. All right, Bob, always a pleasure. Thanks for joining us today. Appreciate it. Thank
0: you, Ron. All right, Bob Kaneris, head of U.S. small and mid-cap equities at Schroeder's North America, joining us for this U.S. lens. I'm Ron Ansana. Thanks for joining us today, and we'll talk to you again soon. Well, that was the show. We very much hope you enjoyed it. If you want to find out more, check out our website, Schroders.com forward slash the investor download. You can also get in contact with us about anything in the show or ideas for future shows at Podcast at schroders.com Please remember to subscribe to us at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to leave a review. We're now doing one show a week, which will be available every Thursday from 5pm UK time. Thanks very much for listening, but above all, keep safe and go well. Cheers. The value of investments and the income from them may go down as well as up, and investors may not get back the amounts originally invested. Past performance is not a guide to future performance. The information is not an offer, solicitation or recommendation of any funds, services or products, or to adopt any investment strategy.